Welcome to the Whistle Way Podcast. My name is Kyle Whistle with EXP Realty in San Diego. And I'm Brian Kochi, Director of Media or Director of Marketing here at Whistle Realty Group. Figure out your job, Brian. Come Whatever. On, get it together. Uh, the goal of the show is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics to go out there and crush it in your business. And the way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us. If you have a question you want us to answer, go to thewhistleway.com. You can ask us questions, subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel, join our referral network, private Facebook group, and our email newsletter where we share a lot of tips and tricks. And get dialed in with our video content creation course called the Media Mayor Mastermind. Teach you everything Brian and I have learned about shooting videos together over the last eight years. And it's half price right now. So go to thewhistleway.com. And uh, yeah, if you enjoy the show today, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button, let YouTube know you enjoyed it. If you got a question, throw it in the comments section. And if you want more of it, uh, hit subscribe and the little notification bell. And if you are listening on a podcast platform, if you could hook us up with a review when you're done with this episode, that would mean a lot to us because uh, podcast reviews are freaking hard to get. So yes, sir. we would really appreciate it. It goes a long way. All right, Brian, let's, let's roll. So one thing that we had come up with one of our agents that came from a different brokerage um, they were asking about buyer broker agreements. Yeah. And you basically said buyer broker agreements are bullshit. Pretty much. All right. Thank you for watching this week's episode of The Whistle Way. <laughs> so, okay. First, for those that are listening, let's pretend someone is is taking their real estate exam and they haven't got to the buyer broker agreement section yet. What is it in two minutes or less? Buyer broker agreement is a buyer committing to work with you for a specified period of time, and that's typically on all properties in a, in a particular area. It could be specific to one property, but it's typically all properties for a you know determined, whatever agreed upon period of time. And then there's also an agreement included in there regarding how commission will get handled. So if you could guarantee that you're gonna get a, a certain commission regardless of what's offered on the MLS, so you could modify the commission and, and lay those terms out as well in there. So how I've always looked at it, that was a great explanation, is it's like a listing agreement for buyers. Pretty much. Yeah, it's a buyer cool. committing to work with you to buy, just like a listing agreement, somebody committing to work with you to sell. And so some of the things that you mentioned, say you say, I don't know if I can say numbers. I'm just going to make up numbers. Say you say, I'm going to get 20% buyer commission. Obviously, this is a fucked up number. This is not a real thing. I like but, this. I like where we're headed, Brian. But say you say, hey, I want 20% buyer commission on this deal. And on the MLS, they only offer 15%. What, the, what you, that contractually obligates the buyer to do, your client to do, is make up the difference. So the 15% is the seller pays you, and then the 5% the buyer pays you. Do you feel like you're like skirting the rules by using exorbitantly high numbers? Yeah, you're still I feel talking like, about commission percentages. So, yeah, but these but are, you don't even have a license, so you can say whatever the hell you want. Okay. Okay, so the standard... I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, that is part of it that you could include in there. It's not That's not a required field. Um, I think one of the reasons I'm not a fan of the traditional buyer broker agreement, especially here in highly litigious California, is the agreement is like, I don't even know, 10, 12 pages. Like that's crazy. Like to have something that has that many pages in it with somebody that you've likely just met to present them like, oh, by the way, um, I'm Kyle and now sign your life away. Like that's a lot. That's a big ask on somebody that you're on your first date with. And so, okay, so it does the commission, and it also it also protects you as the agent. So th- these are why people do it, right? One is because they want to make sure they get paid the correct amount or what they believe they're worth. Two is it protects them if, say, I'm working, I had Tom sign it, and then Tom goes and buys with you. Technically, even though the seller pays you your commission, Tom now owes me my commission that he agreed to in the 
by our broker. Yeah, so that's the biggest reason to use it is it protects you, especially if you're a legit agent who actually works for your money, not an agent who sits on your ass and waits for your client to text you or email you the property they want to see. Like if you're actually out there hustling, trying to create uh, you know, the right property for your client. Like if we have a client who wants a property, we know the area, like we will mail to that neighborhood. We will door knock that neighborhood. We will call that neighborhood. Like we'll run targeted ads at that neighborhood. Like we'll work our ass off to go and find our clients what they want. So it helps protect you that if you're going to spend your time and energy and efforts to do all of those things that you're going to get, there's a, a payday at the end of this thing and you're going to get rewarded for all those efforts. Does a buyer broker agreement cover you for new construction? As far as I know. Okay. It's basically them committing if they buy a property within a specified period of time that you're going to get paid. Now, but I know new construction gets funky where if you show up and you're not with your agent and you sign in. Well, new construction, they're about to bow down right now. <laughs> hey, all you new construction people, guess what you need? Us, motherfuckers. <laughs> you need us. Yep. So there. I just was on an appointment today and... The uh, person had, they already locked up new construction. I was like, when did you lock it up? She's like, it was like uh, April or May. I was like, oh shit. And she said, uh, they need to get their down payment has to be in escrow 60 days before closing. She was like scared. I was like, they are going to give you as much time as you need right now. If you need 60 days, if you need, you know, if it's 30 days, if it's the day before closing, <laughs> they don't care right now. They are going to bow down to you. Um, so it's, it's fun, like having done this for 15 years now, it's fun to watch new home builders where like a year ago, new home builders are like, fuck you agents, we're not paying you anything. And now they're going to kiss our feet and, and you're going to start seeing new homes start offering you know, not only a commission, but I, in the last time the market got a little funky, I saw five, 6% commissions being offered to agents Wow! to bring a buyer to the table. I mean, that's a number that, that could be, I'm not going to talk about commissions. I don't know. <laughs> Kyle's like, I'll tell you everything about commissions. I'm I like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Come at me, bro. Uh, I don't do that. Uh, um, cool. Okay. So that's what a buyer broker is. That's why agents like using it. Why do they suck? I think they suck just like I kind of I probably got there a little early, um, but they're so intimidating. Like mm -hmm. it is it's almost as long as a listing agreement. And and I get that they kind of effectively do the same thing, but that's just that's a lot early. Right. When it's a listing, when you're you're meeting with a seller to talk about signing a listing agreement, they've already made the decision to sell the house typically at that point. And it's just deciding whether you're the right person or somebody else is the right person. And right? they're going to sign a listing agreement no matter who, the, every single person. And, and it's effective. Required would probably not be the word, but it, we'll just say it's customary that you're going to sign a listing agreement with an agent when you're going to sell. Because there are pocket listings. So okay. there, I have sellers who say, hey, Kyle, if you can bring me a, a buyer at this price, I'll sell. So I have sold dozens of homes in my career to sellers where I did not have a listing agreement in place. So it happens. But you need but a listing agreement to go on the MLS, correct? Correct. Okay. That, that's so, why I was thinking, okay. Yeah. So I wouldn't say it's required to sell your home to have a listing agreement, but it is customary. It's extremely common. Yeah. That, that's, that works. Yeah, cool. It's customary that you sign a listing agreement with an agent and then that allows your home to get put on the MLS. But on the buy side, it's not customary to that same extent. It's far less common. So to come at somebody in an initial meeting or even you know, two, three meetings down the road and to present them with this giant agreement, um, that's a lot. That's a big ask. And, and I that also, intimidates a lot of agents. And I think sellers 
all sellers have been buyers in the past. So they're used Yes. So they're used to a lot of paperwork like coming with a 12-page paperwork contract. They're like easy. Like when when they when they bought their house, they signed 400 pages, right? So I think it's also okay, yeah, I know there's going to be a lot of paperwork involved. A lot of buyers have not been have not bought before. So seeing all this contract, do you think that could be? But even if you bought your first home, if the agent you worked with when you bought that first home didn't use a buyer broker agreement, Correct. and now all of a sudden somebody's presenting you with this multi-page document, you're be like, what is this? Like, I didn't sign this when I bought the home. Why do I got to sign this now? So I think that's a big part of it. And then the other thing is like, you know, a lot of people are meeting with multiple agents when they're buying, right? They're going on this website, that website, this app, that app. And they're meeting with different agents and most of the agents are not presenting the buyer broker agreement. So then when one agent does present it, it kind of catches them off guard. Like, well, the other people didn't ask me to sign this thing. Like, why are you trying to convince me to sign this multi-page agreement? Like, and now it comes across a little bit weird. And from what I understand about it, it's a very one-sided contract. It, it says, me as the agent, I'm going to be protected if you buy with someone else, if you... If I you choose a home that underpays me, if it's very much buyer, you're going to do this for me. But it doesn't really, to my knowledge, it's not, but I'm going to do this, 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 and this for you. Is that correct? Brian, you just violate a lot of rules. Shit. Uh, goodbye. Uh, my name is Chad. <laughs> you talk about how much people should get paid that you're breaking rules. I didn't say, no, I didn't say numbers, though. I'm allowed to say. I'm just kidding. Fucking A. <laughs> I'm gonna, call, um, I'm gonna call the board. I'm sorry. I think I messed up. <laughs> it is, yeah. It could definitely be seen as very one-sided in favor of the agent because, you know, it's like as a seller, what do I get by this agreement? There's the agreement doesn't really lay out, or sorry, as a buyer, the agreement doesn't lay out what does the buyer get in this arrangement. It's just you're stuck with me for this period of time, and I'm gonna make this much money. Like that's effectively what the agreement says. Obviously, it says I'm gonna do my fiduciary responsibility and all that, but like that's pretty much expected. But there's not really a whole lot of value in the agreement for the buyer. And the final point I think of why you don't like it, because I've heard you say this throughout the years, is uh, let's just say it's six months or one year, I don't know. Let's just say it's a year that you have this contract signed for. Three months in, they hate you. They don't ever wanna see you again. And you say, sucks to be you. You signed me for a year. You either can't buy for a year or you pay me if you buy, right? Right. And that's a great way to build a business, right? Yeah, not so much. Yeah, I mean, whether I'm on this, the listing side or the buying side, if if I, I mean, I we've talked on an episode recently, like I had a seller, things weren't working out. They weren't happy with me. Um, and they asked to be let out of the agreement. And I said, happily, and we let them go, right? Like that's... I don't want the reputation of being the the guy who's like, nope, you're stuck with me for six months. Deal with it. Like you could, but I think that that that's not the reputation you that would want. Be horrible. There's agents who do it. Hundred percent. I've dealt with them. It blows where, my mind. Where they're stuck with an agent, they have a listing agreement, and they want out. And the listing agent's like, no, I have this listing until six months. I spent money on this thing, and it's mine for six months I'm but like, can't the can't the seller then if whatever they bring them just say no they and absolutely just, can oh that would be such a it's shitty situation stupid. for everyone it's so stupid they just but they want to hold them hostage i'm like man if that's how you want to you know, build your reputation knock yourself out but that's not the reputation that i want so and that's i've rough. since in that neighborhood where that happened i've since signed two listings in the last like three weeks so it's like hey you know you, your reputation matters you don't want to build a reputation of 
being the asshole who one missed the mark on that transaction to where they didn't want to work with you anymore and then telling them they're stuck working with you that reputation is going to get out there people talk you yeah. don't want that yeah so now we so understand same thing on the buy side if, if i had somebody sign yeah. up a, a, a buyer broker agreement and it wasn't working i would 100 percent let them out and what about if there was a discrepancy versus what the listing agent offered and what your buyer broker agreement said would you say hey you owe me this extra percent or two or three whatever the discrepancy is um the very few times i've actually done a buyer broker agreement i wrote in a number but it was well below normal there's there's a certain percentage it tends to be more common here tell in me San what that Diego. number is kyle <laughs> let's just uh tell it on the there's phone there's a certain number that tends to be more common and every, and every once in a while i'll see one that's a, a little bit lower and i'm okay, i've always been okay with a little bit lower i just want to protect myself against a lot lower mm -hmm. that's fair Okay. You like so, how I handle that? <laughs> so it's normally like 29%. Yeah, somehow you think that that skirts the rule. I don't I mean, because it's, it's obviously false, right? That that definitely skirts the rule. I'm, I'm all for 29% commissions. Let's go. Um, okay, so now we know buyer-broker agreements. They're a pain to sign. They're not great for the consumer. They're good for the agent unless the they don't do their job anyways, in which case it can only be bad for them, right? Okay, so do we do what do we do instead? Do we do I know nothing? everybody's probably watching like, damn, they're an asshole. Like he's he's a hater. No, I'm not a hater. <laughs> I'm just an innovator. And so we decided to innovate and do something different. And so I learned this actually from um, some of our business partners, Jay Kenner and Michael Reese, is where I first got exposed to this. Um, where instead of making something that we wanted to eliminate all the the negatives that we just talked about, right? One we didn't want this massive agreement that's like, you know, I, I swear it's like 10 or 12 pages in California. Like, there's so much bullshit in there. Um, so, you, I mean, we, for those of you guys who aren't in California, we have to give a disclosure that basically tells a buyer they're not special. Like, there's literally a disclosure that says that in different words. Basically says, like, I work with multiple buyers. So, if there's a home that you like, we're also going to tell other buyers about the home. Like, there's a fucking disclosure for that in California. Like, it's it's crazy. Um, but welcome, welcome to what it's like. Like, that's I'm pretty sure that's one of the forms that's in that you have to have signed alongside it. So, I wanted to get away from having this massive, you know, multi-page agreement that's very intimidating to people. So, I wanted something that's more approachable, less intimidating. Um, and then I wanted something that gives the buyer something right in exchange like when somebody signs a listing agreement with me they're committing to work with me for six months but i'm committing to take you know great photos and videos and i'm gonna you know we just did a sushi and sake party and and sent mailers and created all this social content like it would there was an exchange that occurred i wanted the same thing when it comes to working with a buyer i wanted an exchange where in exchange for them agreeing to work with me for a year that, and I'm going to do this, this, and this for them. I mean, I'm surprised that it's not more like that in the contract for the buyer broker. You could probably I, like add an addendum, I guess, for like the things that you're going to do for them. But it's just not in like it's not built for that. Like when for photo releases, people always ask me, "Hey, do we do photo releases?" And we don't. Um, but for a photo release, unless to you're be, trying to sue us, then we do. <laughs> um, for a photo release to be like legitimate. You, you can't just be like, hey, sign away your rights here at the end. There has to be an exchange, in, 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 what are, I don't know the words, in likeness, right? You can't be like, 
oh, I can use your photo image likeness for anything I want for the rest of my life, and here I'll give you a lollipop. Like that's not that's not a fair exchange. So the fact that, but again, I'm not a lawyer. The lawyers built this, so they're they're smarter than me in that regards. But anyway, so what are the things that we do to make it more fair? Yeah, so one of the things that I'm a big fan of, I learned this from another one of my business partners, Dan Beer, is to take the things that you are already doing when you're working with a buyer or a seller or anything, package those things up and then give them a name. So what do you traditionally do when you're working with a buyer? Well, think about some of the things you naturally do. Do you typically negotiate a home warranty in for a buyer? Yeah. Do buyers know that? Like, are you? What if you put that into your agreement? Do you um, talk about cancellation? Right. Like, do you offer a cancel anytime guarantee? Maybe you should put that in there. Uh, or are you willing to cancel? Yeah. Put put that in there. Right. We call that our cancel anytime guarantee. Do you? What are the different things that you do? Like, we have a moving truck, so we put that into our agreement. We have lender relationships where our lenders will cover the cost of an appraisal for a buyer. So we put that in there and then you give it a name. For us, we call it our VIP buyer program. Call whatever You call whatever the hell you want. I think Jay and Mike called it the buyer advantage program. I've heard a million different names. Glutch but, has a really cool name for it too. What's his? Junk, I don't remember. But it, one of the things he Clutch, does. Clutch Glutch. Clutch Glutch. One of the things he talks about is, is basically their off-market searchability, um, which I think they use Raven as well. Yeah. So yeah, just start giving things names. And so now package up the things that you're already doing and then give them a name. And now when somebody says like, what makes you different than your competition, you could say we have the, the XYZ program and then explain what's included in that XYZ program. And now when you're asking for them to agree to work with you for a period of time, you're agreeing to provide them whatever's part of XYZ program. And it's amazing what happens because now you feel more confident pitching it because you don't feel like you're pitching this multi-page one-sided agreement that really doesn't benefit the other party. Like now you're providing something of value to them and you feel a lot better pitching something like that. I always felt weird. Like you're stuck with me for this long and you get shit other than me working hard for you. Like that's not a value proposition in my eyes. Do you have them sign it? Yes. Is it legally binding? No. Why do you have them sign it? In theory, like could I argue that they signed something agreeing to work with me for a period of time yes but any good attorney would work them their way out of it and same so thing are like, you going to take someone to court for even if somebody signed a buyer broker agreement with me and then ended up going around me like would i sue them probably not like if i was procuring cause i would right like i know one of our friends recently had something where they showed a client a, a multi-million dollar property client didn't buy it and all of a sudden the property closed and the listing agent double-ended it with that client, like, I'm coming after you for that, right? Like, that's Would you come different. after the client or the listing agent? That one, they went after the listing agent. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, sense. like, there's very few scenarios where I would go after the client. I typically go after the listing agent. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not in the business of suing people. Like, if you've ever been through, I mean, we're again, we're in California where everybody gets sued for, like, breathing. You, like, spit gum on the ground and you get sued by the property owner. And then somebody steps in it and falls, and then they sue you too. Like, it's it's awful here. <laughs> um, so I'm not in the business of suing people. I want nothing to do with any of that nonsense. So, like, I'm not going to come after somebody. Like, clearly, if they didn't work with me, and it was something I didn't show them and whatever, like, I don't care. Like, I didn't do my job. I'm not going to come sue you and now consume your time, my time, hire attorneys, which cost tens of thousands of dollars. Like, I'm not here for that. I'm, I'm just moving on. Yeah. So I wouldn't even, even if I had the right to sue somebody – the probability of me doing this is extremely low. Even if I sign the full, like legally binding version, 
I still probably not going after somebody. So why do you have them sign it? Because I just want to next step them. I want I want another level of commitment to working with me over my competition. Cool. That's I like it. that. You just got to always be next stepping people. You don't have to always close somebody. Just next step them. Like in, in anything, if you go to that first showing appointment, if you don't have a next step with somebody, you're crazy. Like well, one part of my next step is they're part of our my VIP buyer program and you know, and I get them to sign that when Brian and the team built these really cool little gift boxes we give out. Like, and now we're next stepping and then we're setting the follow-up appointment. Like there's a, there's progression, I think is a, a word where I'm really looking for is I just want to keep progressing closer to the finish line. I don't have to go from start to finish the first time. It happens sometimes, but if I can just get from start to the 50 yard line, 50 yard line to the other end zone, like eventually I'll get there. Yeah. And each time you do a next step, they're, they're more entrenched with you. They're, yeah. they're, there's another layer of connection of relationship there. Hundred percent. And it also makes it a lot more fun when you can celebrate. Maybe not celebrate, but you know, I'm a I'm a to do person. I like to check things off, and you can say, "Look, you did that. You did that. You did that. Cool. I feel like I'm making progress, especially in, in a market that's when it's a seller's market, and you got you're getting beat out on offers after offers after offers. Still feeling like you're getting closer is is that can hopefully help kind of remove that fatigue, that buyer fatigue to where they're like, I'm not going to buy for another year or two. Totally. Cool. Feel good? I feel really good. Cool. All right. Uh, well, hopefully you guys got some value out of that. If you did, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button and let YouTube know. If you got some questions, throw them in the comment section. And if you want more of our content, hit that subscribe button and the little notification bell and YouTube will make sure to feed you content. Um, we also, if you're listening on a podcast platform, hook us up with a review. It does mean a lot to us and we really want to grow the audience and share with more people. And if you uh, have a question you want to have us answer on a future episode of the show, you can always go to thewhistleway.com. Ask us questions on there. Subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel. Join our Facebook private group, our email newsletter, and our referral network. And then you can get dialed in with half off on our Media Mayor Mastermind video content creation course at thewhistleway.com. Before we wrap, I want to share something we like to call the whistle widget of the week. This is something we utilize in our business. It saves us time, makes us more money, or just helps us have more fun. What do you got for us, Brian? Yeah, so like earlier in the, the episode, you mentioned uh, the boxes we've created um, inspired by, um, geez, what's it, what are they called? We just did a webinar with them. Uh, I'm not going to help the, you. The boxes. Oh, my goodness. Client giant. Oh my, that's embarrassing. I'm sorry, guys. Jeez. Anyways, inspired by client giant, they're great. Uh, we're looking to do some things in house. Um, one of the things I wanted to do is create something that kind of explained what the box is about. They do a great job. They have a little, um, little. I think kind of like a thank you card in there. We wanted to do something like that, um, but I didn't want it to be a thank you card. We already have thank you cards, and it just doesn't make sense. So we looked around, um, and I found. These little four by six um, postcards from Got Print, and then we're able to print on the other side. What's really nice is they feel really nice. They, they're a um, a premium linen is what they call them, so it's got some texture to it. It's more than just a little three by five card or a um, a sheet of paper that we cut up. So it's got some some nice texture and nice kind of a little bit of sheen to it. We had them print the back with our logo and kind of our branding, and so now it really f- ties the boxes in together. Um, these were their, their 13 point premium linen four by six postcards from got print. I think all, all in it for 500 of them, it was 60 or 70 bucks. So good price. They look really nice. We finally figured out how to print on them. 
Um, and so, I don't know. I always find whenever I want to do things like this, especially with printing, I have to look over and over and over and over again to find a good solution. And I found one I wanted to share with you guys. So gotprint.com is who I use. Very cool. The one I want to share, we're actually building out our new office right now, um, which is, is exciting and terrifying at the same time. Investing uh, seven figures into an office building in a shifting market. Cool. Let's fucking go. Um, but one of the things that we've always struggled with as we grow our team is just getting access to the office. There's so many times where agents are, hey, who's at the office? Who can get me in? I forgot my keys. Like, I don't know how agents forget their keys to their place of work that in theory you should be going to five days a week. How do you lose that key? I don't fucking know, but they do. So uh, we're getting a system called Next Key. Uh, this was actually referred to me by buddy Kenny Fast and it's a Bluetooth uh, enabled access system for an office. And so now when an agent shows up to the office, their phone provides them access into the office um, so they don't have to worry about carrying around a key. And it also allows us to see who's there, when they're there. Um, it allows us to provide, you know, one-time access if we need to get like janitorial or anything like that in. And uh, it's a really, really cool system. And so we're putting that into the new office to eliminate the need for keys. I like that, it a lot. Does it terrify you, Brian? No, I was trying to think if we can use it for the other offices, but we... We're working... It's harder to retrofit because there's wiring and stuff that has to get installed. So we're working on a solution to get into the other offices. Yeah, but you um, still so need a key if you're after keys. hours. But you still need that office. You need a key to get yeah. into the building. So. But that, at least we could put a key in a lockbox somewhere, you know, around the building. Yeah. Cool. So that's next neat. key. Yeah. So that's what we're doing in the new office. And it'll just make it easier. And then the other thing that's really big with that is... When you hire an agent, you don't have to worry about getting them a physical key. And when they leave, you don't have to worry about getting it back. Because I guarantee you, we've got dozens of freaking keys floating around out there with all the agents who've, and employees who've come and gone over the years. So we've got to have dozens of people who have keys to our office. Now, yes, there's alarms on these offices, but still, I don't like having keys floating around. So you can very quickly and easily um, provide and remove okay. access. Yeah, and there's no there's no copying of those keys and... Can you can you tie it in with the alarm system to where when they use the key it also turns off the alarm? Don't know. That'd be cool. Maybe. Cool. All right, guys. Hopefully, you got a lot of value out of the show today. Again, I am Kyle Whistle with EXP Realty in San Diego. I'm Brian Kochi. See you next week. Later. Wait, wait. Before you leave, I want to share some more tips and tricks that we're using in our business to take it to that next level. Just click right here, and don't forget to subscribe. Click right here.